0: back to The SpoilerCast, the show we talk about movies and we don't care about spoiling them because it is The SpoilerCast. Yes. Uh, My name is, of course, uh, Tobias, and (laughs) with me, as always, is my sister and trusted co-host Rebecca.
1: Hello. Hello. My cat just jumped on the table and that's why it's all wobbly, if you're watching.
0: If you're watching this on YouTube, but you can also listen to us on all major podcast platforms, including... Uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spotify, um, Podbean, and uh, Podcast Addict. I think that's all of them. I'm sure there's some. A more. bunch there of. Them. I'm not sure. <laughs> Either way, um, and if you want to hear even more uh, spoiler cast, where we talk even more about movies, we actually have a uh, Patreon where you get one extra episode every goddamn week. It's Patreon.com/slash. Don't make a scene. You also get. Uh, monthly commentary tracks, uh, you get early access to the, another <coughs> podcast called Madness and the Method.
1: And other stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, and other stuff. Um, but let's not talk more about that. Let's talk about the movie at hand, the movie we're talking about today. It's Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. And,
1: uh, and uh, well, we have to do one more thing. We have to oh. say... This is released on a Saturday.
0: Yes, this is, uh, I mean, in the future it won't really matter, but for now, this is our first official Saturday release. Yes. Um, we, have, uh, <coughs> we have recently decided to change our schedule so that every free episode that comes up on all the pod- podcast platforms um, will be uh, uh, released on Saturdays. You, uh, uh, before it was always Thursdays But we're yes. changing that just because it, it makes more sense Based on the release schedule of movies here in Sweden
1: So if you've been watching us on release days Or listening to us on release days You had a Thursday episode And now you have a Saturday episode Next yeah. week there will be a Saturday episode And yes. so on
0: The Thursday episodes are no more They have moved no. to Saturday Yes, But Monday will always be Patreon day So once again Check us out on patreon.com slash don't make a scene for that extra episode every damn Monday.
1: Yes. But yes, now we can Nightmare move on.
0: Alley. <laughs> Nightmare Alley. Um, It's uh, from 2021. Well, I guess it's technically going to be a 2022 movie for us because we're in Sweden.
1: And it um, premiered today. Today, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're recording um, this Yesterday, on the-
0: as. From when you're listening to this.
1: Well, yes. We're recording this on the night of the 28th of or January. Or 15
0: years, if you're listening to this in <laughs> about 15 years. Yes. but whatever.
1: The 28th um, of January. We yes. just got home from the theater, basically.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's a... Uh, I would call it a, a, a thriller.
1: Yes. It's, uh, it's tagged as a crime drama thriller on IMDb. Yeah.
0: Something like that. Um... Starring Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, uh, what's her name? Uh, this uh, Mara, Mara Rooney? Uh, Rooney, Rooney Mara, Mara. <laughs> Rooney, Rooney Mara, sorry, <laughs> Rooney Mara, Tony um, Collette, Tony Collette, right, Willem
1: Defoe, name. Richard Jenkins, a lot of names, yeah, a lot, lot of famous actors.
0: Um, uh, David Strathairn in a smaller role, um,
1: Mary Steenburgen.
0: Oh, right. Yes. That was that was so much fun. And uh, in, in very small <laughs> roles, we had Stephen McHaddy who was literally in one scene and um, also Jim just... In, Beaver,
1: if anyone knows who that is. Uh, Holt, Holt McCallany from
0: Mindhunter and, and other movies. Clifton Collins Jr. And, but also... Tim
1: Blake Nelson.
0: In the... In in, in literally one scene, like I said, we have Stephen McHaddy and in the very next scene, only one scene, we have Jesus. Tim Blake Nelson. Yes. Um, which was very strange and I'm wondering if those were like uh, uh, uh cut for time because that's another thing about this movie it was almost two hours and 40 minutes so about 2 and 25 to 30 without credit yes um which we'll get into more about but you did not need to be that long however
1: not <laughs> um
0: the plot is fairly fairly simple which I did not expect yes um it's um, it's a guy who who <laughs> joins a, the, the carnival as just I know a, a hired hand at first, yes. But he takes a liking to the, um, the 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 card readers and the mind readers, and he becomes you know very skilled at reading people, um, and he takes he takes those those skills and you know move, move on from the from the carnivals and into the, <coughs> the lounge rooms of the rich and famous.
1: Starts his own show basically. Yes.
0: Um, and, he... and that's basically the plot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's it's kind of funny because it's it's described on IMDb like an ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with with a well, a few, with, with a well few well, well chosen, well chosen words. words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who's even more dangerous than he is. Thing is that and that's that's kind of the the, the way they spin it in the trailer. But yeah. the female psychiatrist, played by Kate Blanchett. She's not really in the movie a lot, no, and she's she, not introduced until like way over an hour into
1: the movie. And the whole thing's even more dangerous than he is. That's the that's the last scene, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, since this is a new movie, we are the spoiler cast. Spoilers but how much do we, do we care about
1: spoiling this movie?
0: No. No. Oh, okay. Honestly, I'm either. actually
1: gonna straight away go and say this. Don't watch this. Oh. Okay.
0: Okay. Well. I mean, head, don't I was waste ask, two and a half what do you, hours. What did you, you think this? about this? But now we know. Uh,
1: not at least, don't pay for it. I mean, watch it at home so you can pause it because it's yeah. so long and so sure. slow at points. Yeah, like that's
0: a short review, I suppose. It's not terrible. No, but don't pay movie theater tickets for it. You know, pay uh, pay rent. You know, rent it for like what four bucks or whatever. That's worth it. In a few yeah. months, you can just rent this on Apple yeah. or, or Google Play or whatever YouTube. Uh, that's My headphones head
1: th- th- kind of k- disconnected for a second there. But yes, <laughs> I <Yeah>. agree.
0: <laughs> um so but yeah, okay, so we know now you don't like it. I did mean you, I'm not did a fan. You like it at I'm all? not a super
1: fan. It's it's visually a beautiful movie. Yes. The well, the costume, the the designs, the everything is gorgeous.
0: That's kinda what he's known for, you know.
1: Yes. But the story is bland. Almost mm-hmm. sure there were some exciting parts, but it felt like he took two separate scripts and kind of threw them together to make one long movie instead of having it be two different movies. Yeah. It almost felt like at the one-hour mark, the first movie was over and we started a new movie.
0: Yeah, the first, first hour is something. almost its own kind of kind of like tragic love story. Yeah, just taking place at a, at, a, at a carnival. Exactly. Um, and then it becomes this story about uh you know an an unhappy couple grifting grifting the rich and famous yeah. in Buffalo, New York.
1: <laughs> so so yeah, I literally checked my watch and it was a one hour mark when they left the carnival.
0: Mm. Yeah. So that's almost the exactly first one movie.
1: hour. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I don't know. I, I always had this imagination that, that Guillermo del Toro is a great filmmaker. Yeah. But now we, we talked a little bit after the movie, and I realized that the only movie I've watched that I actually think is great is, um I don't even know the English title for it. It's Pan's Labyrinth? I think Labyrinth.
0: it's Pan's Labyrinth, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful yeah, I, movie. I agree. I great love that movie.
1: movie. It's terrifying, but amazing.
0: Yeah, it's a dark fairy tale. Yes. Classic dark fairy tale. Um...
1: This one had potential because it looks like it when you when you're seeing all the trailers and the clips and the posters and goddamn cast. Oh yeah, but it's kind of falling short. Even some of the acting didn't feel like it. I don't know if the characters were written too flat or if the actors couldn't take directions from Del Toro. Um,
0: I don't think the actors were bad. Um, well, some I, of them were
1: a bit flat.
0: I think it has more to do with the directing,
1: probably, yes. Because this is
0: based, b- based, it's based <laughs> on a book called *Nightmare Alley*, uh, it was written in 1946. Um, which uh, I I didn't even know. I knew it was, uh, or I we I found out. I didn't actually know it was um, based on a um, on a book. <clears throat>
1: but there was a movie adaptation in 1947 already. Yes, right? it was.
0: Um, they probably like bought the, the rights right after the book was released.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And there was. I'm, I'm thinking, like, is this like a, a classic novel, and that's why he ad- adapted it. Um. And the only thing, because the the only like reviews it got was in 2010. Maybe this is like um. The book. I do you know, I don't know why. Uh, Why it wasn't reviewed, like, at the time. Maybe didn't review books back then. But then, at least, um... The Pulitzer Prize-winning book critic Michael Deirda proclaimed, "...I was utterly unprepared for its raw and power. It's not often that a novel leaves a weathered and jaded reviewer like myself utterly flattened, but this one did. It's more than just a steamy noir classic. As a portrait of the human condition, Nightmare Alley is a creepy, all-too-harrowing masterpiece." <laughs>
1: I can imagine, I imagine the book might actually be more exciting. It, it could this be, might yeah. fit better as a book.
0: It would be interesting to see, yeah, because it really feels like the first hour of this two and a half hour movie is just the like, opening chapters.
1: Yes. It, um, it's probably, yeah, it's probably just the first, I don't know, 30 pages or something of a 250 pages long movie, yeah, book.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because uh, they didn't write, like, 600-page epics back then, probably. Just looking at, like, classics like Frankenstein and stuff. But, um, uh, yeah. It, 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 I think it's better suited for a book. Yeah. Whoa. You're reading okay. trivia or
0: something? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm reading the, the plot of the book. Is uh, yeah, it different? Plooks, the, the, plook, the book <coughs> sounds a lot more interesting because um, they instead of spending so much time um, setting up the carnival, it spends a lot more time with with Stan and Molly um, when they leave the carnival. Yeah. Um. Here, here we go. <coughs> um. Now, <laughs> wait. This I, turned I just, into a book talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I just have to because I was just looking to see what what people thought of the book. Um, but here we go because the yeah the, the plot is that that Molly another like performer who she does like electrical tricks yeah um, her and Stan kind of fall in love with each other so they run away and start their own act where he is like a mentalist and he she is her uh, his, his um, assistant assistant yeah um, and uh, so and, and that that's that's basically the same way uh, as, as the as the movie is And then it says their act becomes very successful, but Stan grows bored and transforms himself into Reverend Carlisle. So he's no longer just like a like a like a show and dance man. He is now a reverend, like someone. Oh, the guys who
1: like fake that they can. uh,
0: Yeah, he's an upstanding an upstanding spiritualist preacher offering séance sessions with the help of his medium Molly. Now his wife, but appearing as Miss Cahill. Blah blah blah. Uh, Stan gains a devoted following, but the stress of leading a false life leads him to seek help of a psychologist. That sounds so, way better. Yeah, 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 yeah. A psychologist named Lilith Ritter, which is Kate Blanche's character. Yeah. Um, who seduces and then begins controlling him. Stan pleads con- constantly for them to go away together, and Lilith eventually agrees, uh, suggesting that the Reverend Carlyle swindle a rich man for the getaway money. Ezra Grindle, like in the book, yeah, yeah. Uh, movie. <coughs> who is a. <coughs> Excuse me. Who is a ruthless auto tycoon. In this one, we don't know what he is. He's just ruthless. He's just
1: ruthless. That's and and that rich. doesn't
0: matter though. But he's a ruthless auto tycoon with a skeptical interest in the occult. Yeah. Which I guess he kind of has in the he movie as has. well. Stan manages to convince Grindle of his powers, and the businessman becomes a devoted spiritualist. Stan keeps Grindle hooked by promising to reunite him with his his deceased college sweetheart, Dory, who died in a botched back-alley abortion. Yeah. Which they kind of tiptoe around that in the movie. I don't know why. Just say It's like... yeah. Well, they
1: make it sound like he killed her, so I don't know if he tried to perform an abortion or if he just forced her to have one.
0: Yeah. Uh. Anyway, Grindle convinced her to seek... Uh yeah, botched back Ellie and Grindel commits her to seek. A reluctant yeah. Molly plays Dory in a series of sessions. Yeah,
1: so she actually okay. shows
0: up as a ghost then. Several <coughs> times. Not but just the one time in the yeah, but eventually breaks character, destroying the illusion, and Grindel vows revenge for Stan's lies. Stan I tells wanna Molly, read this book. <laughs> yeah, Stan tells Molly to go back to carnival life. Oh, so he just says like i I fucked up, you better like get away from me. That's okay, that's nice. At Lilith's suggestion, he decides to go into hiding with Grindel's money, but later discovers that Lilith, Lilith has stolen a majority of it by replacing the $500 bills with singles. All right. Jesus Christ, has a long... Uh... Yeah, when he confronts her, she tells him that he is deluded and attempts to have him committed to a mental institution, <laughs> and he narrowly escapes. He flees and resorts to performing as a mentalist at increasingly shoddy venues, barely evading the men Grindel continually sends after him. Eventually he becomes a hobo, staying afloat by giving tarot readings and selling horoscopes. He descends into alcoholism and depression when he discovers, uh, when he discovers through a newspaper article that Lilith has wed Grindel. <gasps> His life is in shambles. Stan finds a carnival owner and asks him to join the shi- sideshow as a poem reader. The owner then blah 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 blah. We won't read the end. We won't give away the end. Yeah, no. So so, so that's... that makes more sense. And that yes. that story just just reading that. I like I get what the movie is about. The movie is about like, greed. It's basically yes. a movie about greed. He got greedy yeah. and he did he did the spook act, which he's not supposed to do. Yeah. That's the one thing it was told by every other person. Like, don't do the spook act.
1: Yeah, because then you go to the Where too you pretend far. that there's a
0: ghost uh, who knows someone in the audience. Like it's it's ghost. Yeah, too where far. you like
1: start connecting the person to that ghost. They they yes. can tell like, oh, they're here. But that's yeah. it. They don't that's go it. further.
0: Yeah. And, but, but he if got you go greedy further, and did that. Um, And in the movie, that just means that he gets money from Grindel to do that. In the book, it means he
1: builds a cult around it. Yeah. Which makes much more sense. It does. And I mean, a two hour, 30 minute long movie could have had all that.
0: Yeah, we didn't need the first hour. Because the the movie, it's literally an hour of showing him working at the carnival. Different um, small parts. learning, Learning some of the tricks. Having a brief fling with Molly before they run away. That didn't bother me though, because it was like a fifties yeah. romance. They don't they only need to like dance once and they're in love. It's fine.
1: Yeah, that's how
0: it um, works. <laughs> but it, it spent this hour really s- not setting up much. It no. sets up that he learns the tricks from Pete and Madame Zina.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Sweet Pete. Yeah, and also something they didn't really dwell on very long is the fact that he by mistake or by... Or... Not. On purpose. Killed Pete by giving him wood alcohol instead of drinking alcohol. I don't know. Nah, he did it on
1: purpose. Yeah, but why didn't they put more emphasis on that? I because didn't... he didn't want it to be on purpose.
0: <sighs> yeah.
1: He Much like the opening scene. I can, We can give you the opening scene. Jesus Christ. The opening scene is... Very ominous and has not much to do with the st- like. You don't know what it has to do with the story no, until the very it's, end. Basically, it's,
0: it has nothing to do with the story. It's, it has more to do with the the, the ca- character building, and yeah. I, I like that aspect. <clears throat> the problem is that it's not really uh it's not used, utilized. used utilized exactly. Um, the the it movie starts movie
1: off... feels more. Yeah, go ahead. It starts off with you can see him, the main character Stan here, played by. Uh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. I almost want to call him Face from uh, 18. <laughs> face, face, um yeah. uh, He's uh, dragging a dead body into a pit inside a house, and he sets it on fire. And he yeah. leaves.
0: And you're not sure, like, oh, is this someone he swindled or someone he is murdered? Is it someone or? killed or yeah. is it a we don't family know.
1: member? We don't know. <gasps> and he's literally quiet for the first at least 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I think he says I one thing. I liked
0: that. It was- that was...
1: Nice characters touch.
0: characters around him speaking and him mostly reacting. It was it felt yeah. It was nice. It was it felt good, almost like, natural
1: visual storytelling. Yeah. He ends up at this carnival. Yeah. And he starts helping out, and just just by happenstance, he ends up going with them, and and he gets to stay. More yeah. or
0: less. Start starts working as like a stagehand, basically. Yeah,
1: for different parts, and he he yeah. becomes friends with them and stuff. Jesus Christ, if you can hear that, my cat is yowling in the background. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But then then you start getting to the slow part. Then it's just
0: repetitive.
1: Him becoming friends and helping out and becoming more of an important person in the background of this carnival. Yeah. Because people start trusting him for some reason and asking him for help and allowing him to come with ideas and stuff even though he's just some sort of helper
0: yeah and i mean and the thing is that and it just all- goes
1: on for too long
0: all that was all that was interesting um to see him like to to see him learn the tricks of the trade sure it's just that it just
1: went on too long
0: yes because we knew from the trailers that that was just the opening. It's gonna take place in you know the the glitz and glamour world. Yes. So you're just wondering like, where where when are we gonna move on? Because yeah, like it did not need to be an hour long. No. That was that needed to be at most like half an hour at most. It w- it was dragged out unnecessarily long, and I'm I'm I mean at first I didn't really care about it. Because it was, it was all very nice. It was all very nicely set up. You had all. That's when when you have all the good actors. That's when you have Tony Collette. Yes. and you have uh, Rooney Mara and you have Willem Dafoe and you have Ron Perlman and all of those. Um. So it's it's fun to watch. David Strathern.
1: Yes. Clifton Collins Jr. So
0: many good actors. Um. And it's fun to watch. And it's it's actually like more of a fun environment than than you know the typical fifties ballrooms and whatever hotels. Um, so I didn't mind it, but then when the movie m- moves on and we spend another like half hour with them just doing their show basically mm-hmm.
1: their and, and, new all- show.
0: and it's a two hour it's a two hour gap where all of us a- they're so in love, obviously in love. I mean so much in love that like he- she 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 stands between him and and her like adoptive father sort of when he tries to kill yeah. him and like says, no, I love him, don't you understand? We're gonna run away together. They're obviously genuinely in love yeah it's it's not just him trying to like a doll come with me it's not like that they're no no no. he
1: wants her specifically not just any girl like her act or
0: whatever no but then two years go go by in literally a second yes um and then it's the typical uh he he is ambitious Don't don't he's grown cold yeah, and they and work
1: too much. There's no work space she, for fun and and yeah, and, she, and love. She and she feels stuff. they're
0: pushing it too far, especially when yeah. he starts doing the spook act. Um, and and all like all the buildup that you need in a relationship like that is just it, it's just implied. Like, well, you know how all how all relationships go bad. You're not, yeah. why, why even question the fact that they're unhappily married now or whatever?
1: We get yeah, we get no actual. They don't We'd, show us that, really. No, they just it, just, go, it just
0: cuts to them being cold towards each other, or him being yeah. cold towards her, mostly. Um, her being
1: hesitant, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it spends and, so much time building up this kind of unnecessary detail about him, that he's good at grifting, which didn't need an hour. No. And then it just fast-forwards over the interesting parts, the relationship.
1: Yeah. And
0: then goes into this subplot where he... They're living in a nice hotel. They're doing two shows every night. They're obviously making pretty good money. Yeah, because um, they're permanent residents. It's like a Vegas show. You live at yeah, that place. Yeah, exactly. You're
1: always performing.
0: But I guess then his greed makes him getting cahoots with this uh, psychologist after she tries to uh, out him as a fraud. Yeah, at a show, and and he, he manages, manages to. Save to... It. Yeah.
1: Which and is, I like... mean, talented. Obviously. Oh yeah, sure. He's definitely. good at what he does. Yeah. But it, that opens the door to uh, doing private sessions with rich yeah. people. Which and yeah, because is...
0: she knows the, the, the upper class people mm-hmm. in the city. And, and she's since like the she's a psychologist, psychologist in the she has the dirt on them, you know, yeah. so, that he can use for his, for his act. Um, the thing is, that that act where they like, like in the book, where they like build up this cult around him, the psychologist and him. Yeah. That's two people he, he, he grifts in the movie hmm It's the first guy is just some executive director whatever, whatever. Who, uh... Um, oh, no,
1: he's the, uh... Mr. Cahill. He's oh, like yeah. He, no, he's like a judge Quart- or something. Yeah, Judge Kimball. That oh, sorry. Yeah, he was a judge. Not but Cahill. whatever.
0: And he, that he's just a mark in the show. It's not because of her grift. Yeah. The only well, he one... actually
1: looks up him, basically.
0: Yeah. Um, and she just helps him to further, you know, get some money out of him by yeah. doing more sessions. But the only one she sets up for him is this, uh... Uh, Ezra, uh, Ezra Grindle
1: yeah uh, the who as guy. well I mean it's the judge who, who recommends yes. Ezra to contact him yeah. somehow
0: yeah <coughs> Um. so like the only thing she really does she, just, she doesn't even want to provide him uh, like Dirt. information about Ezra, <laughs> Ezra because uh, she's like scared like you shouldn't you shouldn't do this uh, on Ezra. He is too ruthless. If he ever finds out that I gave you this information, we're both toast, basically. And he's like, listen, yeah. doll. He literally like talks like a 40s man then. It's kind of funny. Um, So he, he steals the information from her. So she's um, not even in
1: on it, technically.
0: Yeah, technically not even in on it. Um, But I guess that was her plan? I because suppose. Because then, just like in the book, uh, it fails because Molly <laughs> feels really bad about actually playing... Faking. faking being his dead love, basically. Yeah. Um, however, in the movie, it's just once and she fucks up. Uh, <coughs> she doesn't really fuck up. It's more that he no, no, no. doesn't play along. <laughs> well... And then she says, yeah... Mr. Stan
1: uh, doesn't manage to control Ezra as he planned.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not really her fault, but it's partly no. her fault. She should have just run away or something. Whatever. It does not, yeah. doesn't matter. It's not her fault, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so then he kills... Uh, 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 Mr. Grindle um, because he says I'm going to destroy you I'm powerful so he just beats his face in literally his nose is pushed into his face
1: the man has just admitted to like hurting a bunch of girls and he's holding on to Molly very tightly so it's a bit of a defense but then he just keeps on beating him
0: yeah and then his manservant shows up and starts shooting at them so they run or Stan runs him over yeah once again very violently but that's Guillermo del Toro so I don't care It no, cool I, to the see, violent like, was his head caved in and his arm broken off. Yeah,
1: it was it was detailed and well done, but disgustingly so.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Not bad, just disgusting. Yeah, and just to make clear, also this is just the third session with with uh, Grindel. Yes,
1: that we um, get to see um, in, at a, least.
0: in a, from say, a short time because it's always snowing, so it must be just just during the winter months.
1: Well, yeah, it's so at yeah. the
0: most like three three months. Anyway, and I mean,
1: um, Ezra es- makes it sound like immediately that he wants to do this as soon as possible, straight away, all the time, yes, basically, yes, yes. until he can spend his the rest of his life with this dead girlfriend.
0: Basically, yeah, or at least atone for what he may yeah. do. Um, so they they kill them, um, run away to the hotel or like some back alley. Some yeah, because they can't go alley. back to the
1: hotel. Yeah,
0: where Molly just says like, "This is it, man. I told you, I didn't want to do this." Now you fucked everything up. I'm leaving. She just walks away. Yeah. And you have the classic, I don't need you. I can yeah. do this without you. Fuck
1: um, you, basically. <laughs> literally
0: minutes later, he walks into the psychologist Lilith's office to get the money. So he's going to run away because he's been yeah, storing all the been money Yeah, because she it. Yeah, because he, d- he didn't want to worry Molly about the money, which is just stupid, really. He didn't even want to her- let her know about the money. Yeah, um, Shady. Yeah. So she gets all the money out of the safe, but he starts checking the money just to be sure.
1: Well, she um, says something that makes him question it.
0: Yeah. She she like starts hinting that she's been playing him or gifting yeah. him. And he's like, What are you talking about? So he checks the money and it's all ones instead of five hundred dollar bills. Yeah. He's like, "Where's the money?" And she pulls out her gun, and shoots him, and calls the security. Like, "Ah, oh, one of my..." Oh, she starts saying, "Like, you're crazy. We weren't. We didn't have any deals. You're just a she patient even of
1: mine." She records parts of it so that yeah, makes it sound like it's a sound session. Makes it realistic, yeah.
0: And then she calls security, and they start chasing him. So he runs away, hops a train. Cut to, I don't know, six months later. He's now a a, a, a train bum with a big beard. Um, who lives in a shanty town and, and uh, drinks alcohol? Like, what happened? You,
1: he didn't have any money stored away no. except for the, the the Grindel money. That's that's where I mean. The way you tell it, it sounds like you just you're just like cutting it short to make it yeah, no, go that's faster. Literally but that happens. is literally what happens. It's literally the last twenty five minutes. The whole- whole scene even at the end there with with the the psychiatrist with Lilith it actually comes kind of out of nowhere we don't really get any build up to that reaction no we have a couple of sessions sessions yeah, where well, she, she actually tries to like
0: suss out who he is for some yeah, reason doesn't really go does anywhere look- though
1: Like, she's almost hypnotizing him. She makes him tell her things that he doesn't really want to tell her. Sure, But it's not enough to actually tell us that she's, like, using him. Because it's literally
0: two scenes in a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Yeah. There's not enough time for us to, like... They're, like, ten minutes in total. Yeah, like, we don't have enough time to, like, get to know the characters to understand, like, ah, she's playing him yeah, while he thinks know he's playing anything.
1: her. We yeah. know nothing about her, except for the fact that she has a giant-ass scar on her torso. Yeah. Which also... Huh? What uh, yeah, did that have to do with anything? Is that
0: Grindel that... How did you get that? And she's like, life! I got it from life! Yeah. Like, okay. what What do okay, what do you... What are you it, getting at? I, it it would have even
1: made more sense if she's like, but this is what Grindel does. Yeah, that would be too on the nose, though. Sure, but it still, it would have been more on theme.
0: Yeah. C- yeah, because it almost feels like she doesn't want him to do a seance with Grindel. But, but perhaps then... that's
1: reverse psychology?
0: Yeah, but Yeah, but... Then the the scar doesn't make sense because the no. scar makes sense if she genuinely doesn't want him to to swindle Grindle. Ah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um and she actually cares about him. Like now the scar is just like okay, so she has a scar. That could just as well be from an operation. W- what is the uh, point I mean, of it's showing a him a operation if that? But sure. yeah, sure. But I mean <laughs> in the movie what does the scar symbolize? If it should have been ambition or greed? Yeah. But it could it also turns be weakness,
1: out that... I suppose. But it, they're not—they're not fleshing that out enough for it to be weakness. No, because so, it could be her showing that she's weak, and that's how he's like. Oh, I want to be protective of her instead. Yeah, but then she that's isn't when weak. He sort of falls in love with her, I suppose. Yeah, even but then though he swears out... up and down he doesn't.
0: Yeah, but then it turns out she isn't weak. She was playing yeah. him, and she gets all the money in the end. Which, he... even though she obviously didn't need the money, she's well off.
1: Oh yes, based obviously, on her office only. It's a big
0: nice office, beautiful clothes. Um fancy like, manicure. She, wor- she works as a psychologist. She obviously has money. So
1: Yeah, in this giant art deco building in, mid- in the middle of the cities. Yeah. Jesus Christ.
0: Like if she was just like in a small office um but and maybe. and and they started doing this whole reverend uh, uh whatever his name <coughs> is um Carlisle, yeah. the Reverend, Reverend Carlisle thing, and they were building up this following, getting money. Getting and more then, and more money. Yeah. Not and just she's, being paid. she started dressing better. She got a bigger office. She could bring in richer people to get information yeah. from so they could then swindle them out of the money. That would make sense. Now it just,
1: she just. I mean, does the first job because? with Ezra gives him $10,000. Yeah. And I'm guessing. And the, the only end... cool thing we get out of that is him managing to fool a uh, polygraph. Yeah. Which is sure, very cool. Yeah. Well that's a, yeah, that's another
0: thing I've got to say quickly before we continue discussing the stupid script. <laughs> Individual scenes. Great, amazing! That scene with the polygraph was awesome. Yes, and how he fools the sheriff in the early parts of the movie. Oh yes,
1: really cool. And how he figure out figures out uh, Liliths uh, handbag thing. That yeah, was very well done. Yeah, and
0: these long scenes where he's just doing this great, yeah. great uh, uh, monologuing. Bradley Cooper's great. Everyone's great in this movie. Sure, yeah, but well, but it, it it's the movie is uh, or the it's. What do you call it? Um, The sum is... No, it's... What do you say? The parts are more than the... It's less than the sum of its parts. Yes. Like, individual scenes are, like, great. I was all giddy. Yeah. But as an entire
1: movie, you're just like... So what was the point? Because we do get this whole, like... Circle of life, we do come back to something that is
0: introduced uh, very early in, in the story. Yeah,
1: which you I mean, kind it's, of... it's
0: literally set up in the, like the first five minutes. And like I told you, right yeah. when it was over, I almost wanted to lean in, lean over to you, but I didn't want to like start talking right as the movie started and say, like, <laughs> that's that's foreshadowing. And yeah. it was. Fuck it. Spoilers. Like the spoilers, first spoiler. Thing... spoiler. <laughs> yeah, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for the end. The first thing he sees when he walks into the carnival is a geek show. Yes, um, the, you know the classic like freak of nature that they're feeding live animals to. Is it
1: human? Is it an animal? Yeah, huh, kind of thing.
0: Um, and he, you, and it's pretty obvious. That this is just some poor man that they're forcing to eat live chickens because he's like yeah. crying as he's doing it. Um, and later on, when he joins the carnival later that week, <laughs> basically, <Day? laughs> yeah, he goes to have um, uh, well, the geek gets injured, so they leave him at a like a at a at hospital a hospital of some sort. Church. Church, church hospital, you know, where you can just show up if you don't have any money. Whatever. Um, and then they go have steak and eggs. Him and Willem yeah. Dafoe. Clem. Who, I guess it's the owner of the carnival. Um, uh, yeah,
1: him and, like, um, um, Ron, um, uh, Ron Perlman seem to be, like, running the show.
0: Yeah. Um, and he talks about, like, how do you... He, he asks... Uh, Stan asks Clem, like, how do you procure a geek? And explain explained that you get a hobo who was obviously either like uh, addicted to opium or just addicted to booze, and then you slow you you tell him like I got some work for you. A couple, it's just, it's just a couple of days. I'll give you some nice hot food, give you a couple of drinks, and then you just you know. Keep keep him on by slowly feeding him more and more booze. Just just stay in a couple another couple of days, and then you slowly like poison him with opium in the in the booze. Yeah, and he'll be addicted to the booze. And when it, when you tell him like ah we don't need the geek anymore, uh, sorry you got to move on. He's like no I'm desperate I'll do anything. And then you have yourself a real geek who'll eat live chickens until um, this... they
1: die or get hurt, and they just do it all over again.
0: Yeah, um. And it was so obvious because that's when you lean over to me. You're like, "Oh, that's gonna be him." Basically, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, that's where they're getting at." Because otherwise, why would they explain? And that's how it starts. Because he walks into the carnival, and and uh, Ron Perman says, "Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I got you can you can help us tonight to to." Uh, uh, yeah, they need uh, to help to take everything to down. Take
1: everything down because it's a storm
0: coming. Yeah, you'll get a dollar, but then you have to move on. But yeah. then he needs to help out a little more and a little more. And then he can stay the night. And then he actually yeah. gets regular work there. And first of all, I thought, like, it's this just going to be one long where they're just trying to turn him into a geek? But no, it isn't. No. Um, which- that's, just, that's just, like, poetic justice in the end. Because, like we said, he hops a train, hides <laughs> out with live chickens, which mm-hmm. is very on the nose. Very uh, becomes a hobo who is then uh, uh, an alcoholic, which is also kind of funny because he he starts like a-
1: out the movie with never touching alcohol. Yeah, he doesn't drink yeah. until Lilith. just before Ezra, I suppose. Yeah, Lilith one- makes him drink for some reason. Yeah, or no, somehow. She,
0: she, yeah, she keeps offering him drinks, but he never takes them until one yeah, time the he one just time does.
1: She, well, she doesn't offer him one that time. She takes a sip and then kisses sure. him, and then he. Downs the rest of the whiskey Which is just Okay he got the taste From her lips Or what I don't know Yeah
0: And then he drinks Three more glasses of whiskey This is in the span of A few weeks We see this Yeah So he's not an alcoholic When everything goes to shit But he is an alcoholic When he's You know Six months later And also
1: Molly does point out That you stink of alcohol At one point Yeah
0: But that's because The scene before He literally just had a drink So
1: Yeah
0: You don't get the feeling That he's like Started to drink And he's losing his uh, Talent it's just like, oh, he had a drink. That's why he smells. Like
1: he he does look a little little bit more disheveled. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Whenever he's not doing the act, I suppose. But he kind of did that before.
0: The first time you see him in the hotel room, when it's been two years, he wakes up from a, like a nightmare. True. And he looks all like disheveled because he's 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 racked with guilt because we slowly find out that the guy. Who he dragged into the hole in the, in the house yes, in the beginning the was his dad. the body in the beginning
1: was his dad.
0: Yeah, who he had been, like, uh, taking care of in, in the end of his life. And then finally he just had enough.
1: He couldn't a- do it, it anymore, him. so he killed him. Yeah.
0: like Not him to actively,
1: death. but, you know, well. Yeah, I freezing guess.
0: him to death. Yeah, that's yeah. actively killing him.
1: Yeah, but I um, mean, he didn't, like, smother him with no, a No, no, but, yeah. He, he, he just took, opened the window and didn't give took him Took blanket. his
0: blankets, yeah. Um. So he dies. Um. And then, of course, we I guess then he did kill Pete
1: for yeah, some reason. I think it's the same though, because he he steals his father's watch. It's, it's it's him sort of killing people to be able to move on in life. I suppose. And Pete, if Pete was still the guy who was doing the magic show, the the tricks, he could never take over that part. But if Pete died, he could start taking that over. However. But why they don't was... develop that properly because once Pete dies, we don't see him become that no. in the show. Instead, we see him leave the show and start his own shit.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's... and once again, it's too, it's too ambiguous whether or not it was he killed Pete deliberately. Yeah, because it's it's not like you see him. I mean, yeah, I'm talking about the, this movie's way too on the nose. But at some points, you know, it needs to be a little on the nose. Because yeah. we don't even see him, like, look guilty or, like, everyone's running to watch Pete and he, him just staying behind. No, he's just acting like, oh, my God, what happened? He's a really good actor, the yeah, character. But, yeah, <laughs> but you have to show the audience that he, is, that he feels guilty.
1: You yeah. never see him feel guilty I mean- for anything he does. You see that one second of hesitation when he um, leaves Pete with the bottle.
0: Because he gets,
1: at first he's like, he's asleep. Maybe I shouldn't put it down. But then he puts it down to pick up the book, which is when Pete wakes up.
0: Sure, sure.
1: And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to leave you with the bottle. But then he hesitates at the stairs and then leaves anyways. But that so moment, it's, that moment but isn't it's strong not enough, enough to hold
0: up... No, it's not no. enough to hold up the entire character arc.
1: It it only gives you a seed to, like, perhaps. Yeah. But a perhaps isn't enough to give you what the character actually is. Because even though we eventually find out that he did kill his father, we don't... We never get to see him be a genuinely bad person. No. He's just a... A... a, a, a what do you want to call it i was about to call it player but i mean that's yeah, not swindler. the right word yeah swindler that's the word i was thinking yeah about. like he's never r- guilt-ridden he's, he doesn't he doesn't want to kill people he just fools them yeah the the but like, somehow he ends up killing four people yeah and it's
0: it's i mean and in it like i said in a two and a half hour movie that is solely focused on this character it needs to be more like it um like god i i don't want to sound like oh it's, it's it's too subtle but it is too subtle it is too subtle we don't really know who this character is to be no. honest and like we can we can figure it out obviously we figured out that he's feeling guilty yeah. that's the whole thing and he's it's guilt and greed we, but yeah. but like in the movie it, it's not shown in the movie we just figured out because it's it's a it's a, it's a it's a classic, like film yeah. thing, like you know, the, gre- the greed got to him. It's Scarface, basically. <laughs> it is basically. Scarface
1: without the cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, whiskey instead, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's same thing. Like it's. I mean, there's, there's nothing You do also
1: have, the the subtle. You have in the beginning, the the fun house, which is not a fun house for Christ's sake. It's a horror <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah, super
0: creepy. So yeah. scary.
1: In the first a section of that, you have. The Sins. Yes, it's mirrors. a lot like,
0: yeah, l- look, look and at... And the only
1: ones we see are, I think, Greed, lust, lust, and Pride. Yeah. And on the poster we have Greed, Wrath, Pride, and Lust, and the Seven Sins plastered. So sure, they're telling us that, but they're not telling it enough. No, yeah. And once they do it- use it, it's too subtle. Yeah, it's, it's, f- it's
0: focusing on things that are not important like yeah the focus should be on his guilt yeah from from killing his father and and killing pete i mean he hated his father he says but he seemed to genuinely like pete and i mean he he genuinely liked xena who was pete's uh wife Wife? or partner or whatever partner yeah partner so like killing her her partner would should should make him be very guilt-ridden but we rarely see him in, in like, bouts of guilt, yeah. There's that one, he, when he wakes up from his nightmare, uh, we see him, he's, he's sitting in the house on fire, you know. Yeah. And he's like, <gasps> and then there's one time when he's in Lilith's office and she's, like, prying into his background and he's like, no, that's I don't want to talk scene. about this.
1: Oh, the guilt. But that's Yeah, it. that's the scene where it looks like she's hypnotizing him yeah. a little bit. But that's it. Yeah. We don't get any more insight into him as a character. no and this whole progressively showing us that he it did in fact kill his father isn't telling us that he's a bad person it's no, just telling it's, us that he, he got fed up with that situation
0: yeah and the only information we get is that his 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 father was was an alcoholic who, oh, yeah. who ruined the family made his made his mom run away with another man and leaving a him preacher. Then, yeah and then he he finds god uh, and and becomes like sober, but yeah. but who of course is sick from being an alcoholic his whole life. So he he leaves and his too late. Yeah, it's too late. So he leaves his son to take care of him in this obviously like shack of a house. Like yeah, because ruined... it's a it's a
1: derelict house in the middle of fields. It's just
0: yeah. So so like while killing is wrong, I can understand his hate towards his father. Yeah. But um, and that, from that what doesn't... we find out, but that's just what he says. Maybe it wasn't like that then. I don't know. The no, and, and, tell us
1: that what we see isn't enough to give the character the flesh to become a killer in general. No, yeah, exactly. We if they don't more... see that development. Yeah,
0: I mean, if we had uh, Stan grows bored and transform himself into Reverend Carlisle, an upstanding spiritualist preaching offering uh, seances sessions with that was medium. Um, and gains a devoted following that would like make sense because he keeps he keeps uh, like uh, grifting more and more people yeah the guilt building up from all these people he's fooling and taking their at money at the
1: same time his
0: greed is fed yeah. yeah exactly like he wants to keep doing it because he's so greedy he, he lusts for money yeah. he stops lusting after Molly and start, starts lusting after money. Um, but then also, th- that is weighed up then by the guilt of ruining these people's lives by taking their money, you know. and l- Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, lying to them, basically. But we don't get that. We get he lies to two people. That's it. Yeah. And that's why I'm wondering, like, why was this two and a half hours long? Like, the movie we had was, it was easily 90 minutes. Uh, yes.
1: Easy. Um And if or, you're going to do like it two and a half said, hours. You could have done it.
0: As two different movies. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what would have been, and since it was Game of the Toro, I thought they were gonna do like some some sort of uh,
1: supernatural. angle. Yes. but they didn't. I thought there would be more fantastical stuff. I thought at at one point that he would actually turn out to be a real psychic. That yeah. he would have yeah. connections to the afterlife or whatever. Now
0: we we can't really fault the movie for doing that because that's no, just us no. making up another movie. Sure,
1: yes. But imagine
0: this. This is me rewriting this movie because I'm 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 a better <laughs> screenwriter than whoever wrote this. Oh, it's Guillermo del Toro! Right. Imagine if the movie starts with a with a hotshot um, um, psychologist uh, Lilith, uh, whatever her name is, L- Ritter. Yes. Um, and she she's she she's she's pretty successful. This is me. I'm just pulling this out of my ass now. So it might not work <laughs> fully, but she's very successful because she she is great at being a psychologist. She's good enough so that you know all the richest people in town come to her to talk about their problems, um, including you know judges and ruthless auto tycoons named Ezra Grindle. Um, but then one night when she when she because um, she, she goes she she frequents bars, even some of the seedier bars, because huh? uh, you know she likes to live dangerously, which is a part of her character in this movie, which they just tell us they don't show us. Um, yeah. Because, you know, she's so in control that she wants to, like, live dangerously when she's not in control, you know? The whole, you know... uh, Almost, almost like, sadomasochistic, but not on on that level. Yes. Um, So then, one night, when she's in the lounge uh, and drinking, she sees this guy, this medium, uh, standing on the stage, reading people's minds and telling people what they have in their pockets and stuff. And she's like... I don't believe this. Like, this sounds crazy. Um, and then, you know, she moves on. And then another night, she sees him again in another in another bar where he performs. And she starts picking up. I'm like, wait a minute. This is just coded language, which it is in the movie. Yeah. So she takes it on her, upon herself to, like, uh, debunk him.
1: Which again is technically in the movie, just very short. Yeah, it's just
0: five minutes. She debunks <laughs> him, and then they like, wait, maybe we should grift people together.
1: <coughs> well, um, he kind of fools her, but she's like, mm,
0: well, yeah.
1: And that's when she wants him to go to her office so she can psychoanalyze him.
0: Yeah, but then yeah, so then she decides like, yeah, try to try to uh, uh, befriend him, um, To utilize to, his yeah uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure then if it's gonna turn out that. You know, she'd want she, her mission is to debunk him, but it turns out she actually can't because he uh, he is for real. Or if he if she decides that, well, with my know how and your your uh clever Skills. words, we can make even more money, and she's greedy as well. You know, yeah. Do it from you know, her <sighs> perspective. That way, we cut out the entire first hour because the uh, that hour is not necessary. No, and it becomes from her angle we. And when we slowly find out um, why he is good at what he does, it's because he th- he's ruthless. He is killed before, and then then she realizes maybe like, yeah, this is too dangerous. I need to get rid of him. Um, and it becomes this cat and mouse game, like who's chasing who? Because at yeah. one point he is he's so powerful as this this spiritual leader for people that their little grift. She's not sure if she if he's in control or she's in control anymore. And they start kind of chasing each other. And, in the end, it's like in this movie, she shoots him in his office, and like I guess I was uh, I guess you couldn't read me after all, blah blah whatever, and he dies,
1: yeah, in this one instead instead of the guess I am a powerful woman, yeah fuck yeah. you um well, you, you see that would have been a bit of yes, and from the first trailer, that I did happen, not imagine- what it was. Sort of, yes, sort of. No. It was more of a she trying to debunk him kind of thing. I thought she was in on the lie detector part, for mm-hmm. example, because mm-hmm. that's how they cut it in the trailer.
0: Yeah,
1: I didn't. But she's barely in the movie. No, she's just a footnote. It's Even all
0: about him. Even though she is like
1: the the also yeah, and and the tra- the poster they they are posting it as if the all the three ladies are influencing his life and his story but but no they're just they're not passing really that by. important yeah yeah the most important one is Molly but
0: like the people She's behind not... us uh talking about when we were leaving the theater yeah. she didn't really have much to do in the movie other than no, feeling be like be there yeah, be there and be his like arm candy and then leaving him because he was cold like she didn't fill any she... real purpose no she
1: didn't propel the story forwards at all she didn't really bring anything to any of his
0: Tony Collette's character had more than because he would feel guilty over killing her partner. Yeah, cuz she, she was, became she was
1: Yeah, and she became somewhat of a mother figure, I suppose, yeah. for a while. Yeah.
0: but nope. Yeah, I no. I, I kind of thought he was going to be um like the I uh, thought he
1: would replace Pete at the carnival for a while.
0: Yeah, and almost be like the villain of the movie. Yeah. And the, the uh Kate Blanchett the trying to figure him like, out. Like, yeah.
1: teaming up to take him down or something no No, we focus on
0: the most boring character in the story (laughs) basically no not really but um
1: no but it would have been i don't know it's i mean he is kind of the most boring character in the movie yeah to be honest because we do get to know more about most of the other people yeah that are are in focus yeah we know a lot about cena and sweet pete yeah. You know their their whole love story almost, and that they they lived in France in Paris for a while while they did their biggest shows, and they were they were great within the show business yeah. of this sort of psychology, whatever show business. Yeah, and I mean we know that that Lilith, Kate Mansfield's character, is a giant within psychology. Yeah. Then you, of course you have the classic little girl who falls in love kind of thing with uh, Rooney Mara. Yeah. Uh, which she, she's, she's, like, she like kind she of the most boring be, character. Yeah, but she feels like she she would have been a 17-year-old girl falling for a 30-year-old man and just going along with him because she's so infatuated. Yeah. But they, they didn't really play that up either. They just no. made her seem childish while she was at the carnival. Then all of a sudden, she's all grown up and bored with him. Yeah, yeah it's... They, we're just we're just repeating ourselves by now yeah the movie so was lacking a lot yeah it's a beautiful well, it's visually it's beautiful there it's was slacking
0: in the it's lacking in the writing and the directing yes. like all the sets amazing okay. the photography amazing, amazing. the music the lighting really was freaking much,
1: but... marvelous sometimes
0: yeah and the acting yeah the acting great um yeah and that's usually what's good in his movies. Like, he has an eye for setting up good, like, scenery and, and acting. Yeah. Um. But, but I thought, like. The story. Like, so, the story. Is. Yes, the story was so lacking. I'm very interested in reading the book, though. Yes. That sounds more. It sounds more formulaic. But sure. Sometimes that's what you need to tell a good story. You need a, a well-worn formula.
1: Uh, th- there's a reason that is the formula.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um. Let's read some reviews, because it's got pretty good reviews. It's got a 69 meta score out of 100, which is pretty good. It's almost yeah. a 7. I, I know it You're had... thinking a... critic reviews, right? Critic reviews, yeah. Let's
1: um, not a... do the users. <laughs> <laughs> what are the users? Are there... I didn't check, but I'm guessing they're going to be like, what the hell... Actually, no, maybe not, because it's got a
0: 7.4 Sample on, for, on Sample 7.4 is pretty good um, for user reviews. But anyway, uh, <laughs> critic, critic reviews... Um, The best one it has is from Variety, uh, which calls it a gorgeous, sure, fantastically sinister moral fable about the cruel predictability of human nature and the way entire systems, from Carnies and Conment to Shrinks and Sunday Preachers, are engineered to exploit it. Yeah, but we don't see the whole system, we only see a couple of people, and that's nothing new, I don't know why that is a 9 out of 10, whatever. Then we have um, Hollywood Reporter giving an 80 with a semi-playful nod to the 1945 film uh, film Detour and a, more, a few more rain-drenched streets. Nightmare Alley plays tribute to Noir. Yes, I was going to say that. Yeah. That's why I think the dialogue was kind of silly sometimes because they were literally talking like they did in the 40s. Yeah. Like when they're in her, in her, in her office, like I said, he literally says, listen, lady. And like lighting a cigarette, I think it was supposed to be silly sometimes, um, but anyway, it's also it's, it's it's its own dark snow globe, luminous and finely faceted, and one of Del Toro's most fluent features. Eh. Then we have some more
1: middling ones. Um, Sorry, I'm I'm kind of ogling through some oh, yeah. oh, some I was, I user reading. reviews at the same time. I, I think people are being, um,
0: pretentious? <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll get into why they're a little bit pretentious in a second. But here, here's one that I I think um, fits what we, th- what we think about it <clears> the <throat> best, I think, from Entertainment Weekly. Nightmare Alley is both beautiful-looking, a beautiful-looking film, and an oddly forgettable one. Yes. Maybe because borrowed material is no match for the ingenious creations of Latoro's own mind. Well, that's not true. It, it, it's it's not I don't think it's a source material that is bad here it's his him no, rewriting it like the yes. ending of the, the the third act of that book sounds a lot more interesting than the third act of this movie and uh let's see the worst one it got um, was and uh, well, that wasn't one I wanted to read whatever vanity Fair there's no 40 uh, four out of ten. There's no shame in a remake where the re-rendering is genuinely fresh, but Del Toro's take empties its source material of significance. Yeah, uh, taking us for a gimmicky ride. Uh, uh, a who are too complex for the underwritten characters, which is too complex for their underwritten characters. Yeah, exactly. Oh uh, yeah, the characters yeah. are underwritten, and there is yeah the the significance of the source material is gone because it's it's. it's it's too focused on just de- details. Yeah. Right. And when why people want to like this? You know why people want to like this? Because the last movie he made was The Shape of Water. And for some reason, people have decided that that's the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. I've already talked about that back then. Um, that I didn't like it. Because kind of like this one, it was too on the nose. Problem is that that movie is super like 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 racism is bad or like uh, di- we shouldn't judge people for being different like sure but that movie was like just it was like children's book level of of moralizing <laughs> like jesus and and it was and it was it was it was hailed as like the greatest movie ever made i i don't get it it's so dumb it's yeah. such a dumb movie <laughs> um you should you should watch it. I don't know. So we can, <laughs> no, no. You, well, you know what? You shouldn't. I kind of want you to watch it so we can discuss it, but it's not worth it. It's just bad. Once again, you know though, what? great performances, awesome costume design, great sets because just like this, it, mm, it's yes. all like raining and it's it's in the late fifties. <clears> but it's similar, like nice yeah. cars, hats, everyone's smoking. It looks awesome.
1: The visuals are great. Yes, yes. yes Which is, the is I, I've sucks. been. I've been scrolling through some of the user reviews now. Yeah. And everyone giving it a high score is not talking about the story. No, because the story... All the high scores are talking about it's a beautiful movie. It looks good. The acting is amazing. And I hope it gets the recognition at award shows it well-deserves just for the acting alone. No one... (laughs) ...is writing that the story is fantastic. No, because it However, the ones who are giving it low scores... Yeah. Like, number... The the one here just calls it thumbs down. It's 3 out of 10. I generally haven't been a fan of most of Del Toro's movies. Sure. Sure. I like his style and how out there his movies try to be, but for the most part they don't land for me. So take this review for what it's worth. I was enjoying this movie for a while... It's generally well-made with good performances, especially Cooper, but the story doesn't progress in any kind of intriguing way. I started getting bored. Yes! And by the like end, we, it okay. doesn't really amount to anything. So many parts of the, this movie go nowhere. I felt completely unsatisfied and was happy to leave the theater. Yes! That actually sums it up pretty well. That's perfect, yeah. Uh, feast mode? Whoever you are on IMDb, be agree. Yeah. Good on
0: ya, that's a... Pr- Perfect, much more succinct than us babbling on for an yes. hour.
1: <laughs> um, but I think like, people are giving it nine out of ten just for the style. I mean, someone is writing, I must say, at first, it first it at, at first it's a little slow, but a riveting story about Bradley Cooper's character in 1941. Eh. I mean the base, sure, is riveting, I guess. But it's supposed to be but it's going on for too long without actually yeah. telling us that. Yeah. So,
0: and it doesn't amount to anything. Oh, yeah, greed, greed is
1: bad. Greed will leave sure. you it's like destitute. Wow. How how revolutionary. I mean, the way he, this person that gave it a nine out of ten describes the story is just that: Bradley Cooper in the 1940s that works in a carnival, le- learns to be a medium, and gets involved in some sketchy stuff. That's all they say about the story. How is that riveting? yeah how is that riveting <laughs> then they go on and saying that it's cin- cinematically beautiful has oh, lots yeah. of unique characters and a, yeah. a love story
0: well oh, it starts out for love well.
1: stories not that special No, but it starts out good It's odd and they were surprised yeah I was like sure but why would you recommend it? Well you really know
0: what, you know what it sounds like when I when I listen to, to those kind of reviews. I, I I think this is kind of like uh this is like uh like um the the closest equivalent to this would be like a Transformers movie. Yeah. Where the, it's it, the, Only... the script the script is dog shit but ooh look at all the pretty explosions and cool yes. robots.
1: But in this case you need you get to sound more cultured because it's a guillermo del toro. Yeah,
0: and it's it's not about silly robots and explosions, it's about people, man. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still the same thing, it's ooh, look at all these cool sets and ah, look yeah. at all this good acting. And pretty people. But it's still just I mean, for me at least, what's most important in the movie is the story. You could definitely yeah. have a movie that works more on a visual level, but this movie um, it's obviously like it's it's setting up as you know it's supposed to be a movie with a good story, not just a visual movie. Yes. So you it, this movie cannot just survive on visuals alone. <sighs> no, but they're trying very hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this is this is on par for him as a director. Yeah, I haven't seen everything. Uh, the first thing I've seen of him is Mimic. Um, which he made back in '97. That's just the, your your standard horror movie about mutated uh, cockroaches that can like they disguise oh, right. themselves as humans. It's pretty cool. I actually rewatched it a few years ago when I was growing up, and it's still pretty cool. It's you know it's a trashy movie, but it's pretty cool. And then Devil's Backbone, which I think was like the one he was, became famous for. I haven't seen that one. And he made Blade 2. once again, really cool with the like uh, the like virus uh, virus vampires. Oh yeah. But it's, you know, it's a silly movie. It's just that it looks cool. Then it made Hellboy, which is the most boring superhero movie ever made. Cuz it once looks again, cool though. It looks cool and Ron Perman looks
1: awesome as Hellboy, but it, the story is shit. And you have you have a lot of cool uh, character design, but that's based on a comic book, right? Yes, yes. So yes. he got he got some influence. Yeah. Shape of water dude looks lots like the water dude in Hellboy. And
0: it's the same actor, yeah, and it's, it's oh kind of the God. same makeup. They they, they designed him to look as Apes Apes. So
1: it's his his separate story. <laughs>
0: uh, no, not really, but no. yeah,
1: kind, kind of, yeah.
0: But then kind he of. made Pan's Labyrinth, and there's where his his sense of like visual flair and mm-hmm. a good story actually worked together. I know some people say the story isn't good, but I think that's the one time he managed to do I both things it's... good. It looks good, yeah, and it it is uh, uh, like it has a. A that's, story, a good
1: story. That's one of the few ones he's done in Spanish, right? Yeah, I mean, he,
0: he did some stuff before Mimic. I think he did stuff in Spanish. But after he moved to uh, Hollywood to make Mimic, he's done stuff in English mainly.
1: Perhaps he works better um, in Spanish. Jesus, Mike, Mike did not pick that up. Perhaps he, spe- he works better in Spanish. Maybe, <sighs> I don't know. Um, but then he, after Past Labyrinth, he followed that up with Hellboy
0: 2 which I didn't Uh, even bother to watch. And people said it was was worse than the first one.
1: (laughs) Still has beautiful visuals, but I never finished it because it's so boring.
0: Yeah. And then he did Pacific Rim, which we talked about because we've both seen the one. That's a silly movie um, because it's just straight up like a live action anime. Yeah. But the fact that it's made with 100% sincerity, which is very rare when it comes to something silly like that, that's admirable. It's still a stupid movie. But it's fun to see big robots fight big monsters.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: then he uh, he directed the opening credits to one episode of The Simpsons. Doesn't count. Nah. He directed the PT video game. No, he, he was... He, no, he didn't. No. That was uh, he.
1: He directed two episodes of The Strain, which is... Again, it, it's based on a very cool, like, um... Book. Bo- uh, book, yeah. yeah the, the the book is... The,
0: the Core is, story is very interesting. Yeah, I didn't like the show. I watched the first few no, episodes I watched, and I thought yeah. the book was much better because I read the book before.
1: I, yeah, they they strayed away from the source material too much and yeah, just changed too stuff to... Yeah, no, I didn't like that. No, no. And then, it made, then we have
0: Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak, once again, so beautiful. A classic ghost yeah. story. But and the, it's, the plot it's was... Not it wasn't boring, but it didn't it, 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 it was, was no slacking po- something. What was
1: the point? What was the point of it? Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was a still ghost story. More entertaining than this one to be honest. <laughs> Maybe. I haven't, I haven't seen it. It had since more of a a scare as far as I remember it. And I, at least you had some sort of scary emotionals instead of just a uh, okay, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I
0: suppose. Um and then of course I mean Shape of Water, which everyone thinks is his like best since Pan, if not even yeah. better than Pan's Labyrinth. And I, I, I didn't like it. Um, and then he just did Troll Hunters with his some sort of kids show on Netflix, I think. Yeah. Um, and then this, and then his Pinocchio movie is coming out soon. And I,
1: people are very excited for that, though. I was very I, excited till I, I saw was... this. Yeah. But at this point, and I've actually had this
0: discussion with with someone I don't remember who that Guillermo del Toro isn't good. He had one fluke, which was Pan's Labyrinth, and yeah. he's coasted on that for. Uh, over a decade now. Over two decades. Almost two decades.
1: I mean, Hollywood must like him as well, though, because (laughs) the people he managed to pull (laughs) yeah, to have in his movies... Cate Blanchett, Rob Perman, and uh, Tim Blake Nelson are in a lot of his movies. Yeah,
0: and I mean, in in Crimson Peak, he had uh, uh, Mia Wasikowska, Jessica Chastain, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Well, right before the height of his popularity, I suppose. Charlie Hunnam... Um, and, of course, in Shape of Water, he had, uh, 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 fuck, what's her name? I uh, uh, don't know.
1: The main, the main lady. As I haven't seen it, I'll reserve myself the right to not know it by heart. Why can't I see? It's uh, Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins, thank you. Sally Hawkins, Michael uh,
0: uh, Shannon. Shannon. Uh, Richard Jenkins again again, David Hewlett again and Octavia Spencer who won an Oscar for that movie um Hmm. Michael Stuhlbarg of course like yeah I I don't know if it's like because yeah I don't I don't know what it is they like about maybe he's like showing them concept art and they're like "Ooh, how beautiful I want to be in this movie Because it can't be the scripts, can it? No, no. Or perhaps. Oh, yeah, I loved Blade 2, so I really want to be in Crimson Peak. And that can't be it. Perhaps. Is this picking me up Uh, still? You're not picking up anymore.
1: Hello? Hello? There There we we go. Hello. (laughs) Um, Perhaps the script he's showing them in the beginning looks nothing. Like what it ends up being, or perhaps in reading it, it sounds so different than what it actually becomes once it's on screen. I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: Something, he must have some sort of magic touch somewhere but that just doesn't, it doesn't portray translate. itself well yeah, on screen. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because
0: yeah, most, most of what he does is middling. Yes. It's, you know what? And this is, I, I think I've talked about this before. It's the one good thing that um, that uh, what's it called? Nostalgia Critic uh, Doug, uh, whatever his name is, uh, has said. He said in a, many, 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 many years ago uh, 2009 it had to be or 2010, he had something called Bum Reviews where he portrayed this bum who reviewed movies. <coughs> right. And he made a bum review for Avatar that was just, it was just one it was one sentence which was pretty pictures plus lame story equals pretty lame. Yeah. And that's every Del Toro movie. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty pictures, lame story. Eh, pretty lame. (laughs) That's what he's time and time again, except for Pan's Labyrinth. He makes a eh movie
1: with really pretty
0: pictures in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's... (sighs) I don't know. I, I, I and it's really irritating because I want him to make another Pan's Labyrinth because it's so good. Yes, and he's he tried, but it's just. Uh. And I know I and like I said, I wasn't a fan of, shape, of the shape of water, so I don't know why I was so giddy over this one. I thought. Maybe this. I mean, maybe this. The trailer made it look really yeah, cool Yeah, and I, maybe I thought like this would be the one that is actually like Pants Labyrinth or something. I don't know. But it wasn't,
1: it wasn't. No.
0: It was just bad. Or it was yeah. just. Bleh.
1: It was just dull. Yeah. Beautiful, but dull. Yeah. What do you it's say? It's like Sh- a model. They we... look pretty, they don't give you much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Honestly, don't recommend it. No, I wouldn't recommend. Check out it. the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to look sure. at the pretty pictures? Um, sure. Check out the book. But, I'm going to do that. I'm going to read I'm, the book. Yeah, I'm going to find the Sounds book. Sounds pretty good. Maybe we'll um, for our patrons do a book discussion yeah, regarding book this. Yeah, book review. I know you're getting big on bookstagram. So, <laughs> well, I'm starting to read again. I think that's the thing.
0: <laughs> um. But yeah, so, that, yeah, that's gonna have to be it for for this episode. Yeah. But anyway, we want to thank you so much for uh, for for listening, of course, or watching if you're watching this on YouTube. Once again, we're available on all podcast platforms every Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> and if you want an extra episode and commentary tracks and a bunch of other stuff, check us out on Patreon.com/slash. Don't make a scene and support us over there for just three bucks a month. You will get all the stuff. Yes. But that's it for this episode, and we will join you in the next episode for a little more uh, light-hearted entertainment. Oh, yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. With Roland Emmerich's (laughs) moonfall. Yes. (laughs) But until then, have a good one. Bye. Bye. (laughs) The Spoiler Cast is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It's hosted by Tobias and Rebecca Vidén, produced by Tobias Vidim. Executive producer is Annika Vedien. Direction and sound editing by Tobias Vedien. A big thank you to all our supporters over on Patreon for keeping this show going. Rasmus Jonsson, Laura Kinney, Mom, and Dad.